Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Let me get the formalities out of the way. Um, Subscribe and rate the podcast. If you can, please just take a moment and do it. It really gives us more visibility out there uh, so we can make this a better podcast for all I can do this. Also, if, if you would like, I'm on Facebook, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, at Crazy Ike Fan. Uh, so it's been a <laughs> packed show coming at you today, guys. Um, lots to talk about. It was a crazy weekend this weekend in the Ike world. Um, of course, the Derby with Panathinaikos. Sadly, on Sunday, we also had... Um, Ike basketball losing by 40 to Olympiacos. Uh, Olympiacos is a tremendously talented and great team in, in basketball. I'm not going to say much on that. Um, you know, and I'm sorry that I'm starting off with basketball. It wasn't my intention, but uh, it's freshly on my mind because currently I'm watching uh, Ike playing in the BCL and we're currently up by nine entering the fourth quarter. Hopefully they hold on and, and win. Uh sweep this best of three series and move on in the BCL at least. Um, but just a m- massive episode coming, guys. Uh, just a lot to talk about between the Derby. Let me start off with something else, too. Um, my condolences on the passing of both Pele. Um, I didn't mention that in my last podcast. I was going to, but like I said, I was doing that podcast off the cuff. Not that it's an excuse, but I was a little pissed off and angry at the the result against Pasianina, which it's a dear three points that cost us. You know, if it wasn't for that loss, if we were able to at least pick up three points there against the scrappy Yanana team, uh, the difference would be at one point right now with Panathinaikos. But anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, my condolences to Pele. Uh, also, my condolences to the uh, family of the Ike fan that uh, I think he was 70 years old that tragically passed away Sunday at the stadium. Uh, very unfortunate event. Um, but let me just say a few words on Pele. I promise I won't, uh, I won't kurasi you guys with my thoughts. Everyone has their own thoughts of who they would, you know, has their own list of great football players. And I think uh, Pele, for a lot of people, especially a lot of older people, Older than me, because obviously I wasn't born to watch Pele. I've only seen highlights and I've watched documentaries. Read a book many, many, many years ago in high school about Pele. Um, For me, I think anyone that wins three World Cups deserves to be at least in the argument of best footballer. I think he was the really honestly in the modern era, in the modern uh, TV era. Even though TV was not accessible for many people at the time that Pelé played, he was kind of the first global athlete, and he really embodied that role. He really took on that role and became just a global icon. Um, He's going to be missed. You know, he always had that charming smile. He was a guy that podcasts that I've listened to recently and interviews that I've that I saw on TV of people that knew him and talked to him, um, talked about the one thing about Pele was he was always smiling. No matter what was going on, he was always smiling. Just just a great ambassador for football in general all around the world. Um, 
you know, my condolences to both his family and then, then like I said, the Agdzis the family that lost his life uh, Sunday. Um, I, from what I understand, what the Greek media said, he had a, a, a heart attack at the match, I think. Um, anyway, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about this great deadbeat win for Ike. So, there are games that uh, you remember throughout the season, and there are deadbeats are very unpredictable. Uh, this one was memorable for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, I mean we've we had the the, the deadbeat against Bauk, which was big in Philadelphia, but this was this was the deadbeat. Not the Putimisi Pauk, or not the put down Pauk, but this was a derby that was, you know, it's the classic Athens derby. It's Panathinaikos, it's Ike. It's for those of not my, my, probably the generation before me, um, this is for them as Ike fans, the classic derby, the derby that had, uh, that everyone watched, that everyone waited for as kids. You know, the, the Olympiacos, the derby with Olympiacos really became a more heated rivalry. Uh, in the 90s when, when Bajovic left. Um, so it was a very... It was not good in, in my perspective, uh, the football that was being played. I think both teams were missing a lot of players. Both teams in the first half, um, as a lot of Greek reporters and Greeks put it, it was very just like... Uh, kind of drowned out, kind of... Um, uh, I felt like both teams in the first half were just testing each other out, as you often see in derby matches, or even some, to take it a step further, in some cup final matches where both teams are testing each other out, both teams don't want to concede the early goal, because uh, this, this had massive implications on everything for both clubs, for, I mean... <laughs> You know, I can list so many things from the perspective of, all right, let, let's let's break it down this way. Let's look at it from the Panathinaikos perspective first, and then let's look at it from the Ike perspective. For Panathinaikos, it was an opportunity to really, I wouldn't say end the title race, but really put some space between you and, and second place, Ike, to have a 10-point gap with all teams, and then have... Uh, have bragging rights to be the first team to beat Ike in the new stadium. Um, a lot, a lot going for Panathinaikos. Uh, in that perspective, I really feel that to use an, an American or English analogy, you know, they say the the fat lady has sung when when things are all said and done. Uh, I, I think she'd be getting she'd be getting dressed at this point if if I may if Panathinaikos had won this this derby on Sunday. Um, so they were looking at it from that perspective. Um, for Ike, obviously, to get back on track, to keep the small distance they have between Pauk and Olympiacos behind them, and then to also bounce back after a bad showing in Yanina. And the team really did not play that awful in Yanina. Rewatching the game later on in the week, it's just one of those games where, where it's football. It's... Uh, it was just one of those games where we lost simply because the other team made better of their chances. Um, Ike had plenty of opportunities to score. The ball just wasn't going back in the net. You know, it's, it's one of those games that happens. Unfortunately, it's, it's those types of wins that you need right now. 
the two wins that are costing us. Because in my personal opinion, in deadbeat games or in difficult games where you know you're going to play good teams, it's not always guaranteed that you're going to pick up three points. So you're going to lose a deadbeat here and there. You're not. It, it's very hard for even a Greek team, even if they're very good, uh, to go undefeated and not lose points the entire season. So you know those are coming in those difficult games. Uh, right now, the two matches that really hurt are, are both the loss to Yanina and the loss to Volos earlier in the season, um, I think are really hurting us right now. If we would have at least picked up five points from both of those matches, we would be looking at, I mean, if we would have picked up some points from both of those matches, we could have possibly either been tied right now with Panathinaikos or, or one or two points ahead. Um, depending on which way you look at it. So that, that you know, for Ike, this was more like, we need the win. Um, so in the first half, I felt like both teams played very, I wouldn't say closed, but very careful, very protected. Um, not making it for a very entertaining match. Of course, the crowd in Philadelphia, that stadium... <sighs> What can we say, guys? Like, it's just an incredible atmosphere. I cannot wait for the day when I can go there and uh, and live it myself, actually. I get I get very jealous, not in a bad, malicious way, but in a good way of all the activities that are able to go to the stadium and enjoy that wonderful atmosphere that um, just that stolidi, that, that the the feeling, it's, it's finally coming back. You know, it, it's felt like a dream. It's felt like a unreal that Ike are playing at this stadium right now and now it's it's finally starting to settle in that this is home we're finally back home where we belong we have a stadium we have an intense ground uh, second half I felt like both teams came out very intense this was a very intense match very scrappy very just like you could feel the passion and the intensity even through the tv and for people that both were at the stadium and then watched uh the replay at home um, have said that you, you could, you, the intensity didn't come through the, through the screen like it did in the stadium. For me, it did. I just, I, I felt that, you know, I was even watching it at a friend's house. And, if, you know, sometimes when you're watching it with friends, if you're a group of guys and you're alone without kids, without wives, where you can pay attention, sometimes you can kind of feel that intensity a little more. Uh, this was a situation where I was sitting with one of my good friends. We had our wives there. We had our kids there. Uh, and I could still feel the the passion, the, the intensity that both teams were coming through. Um, coming through on both sides. This was a match that neither team wanted to lose. And, and to be completely honest, I mean, for me, it seemed like for the longest time that unless uh, some team broke through with a spectacular goal... Um, I felt like both teams were going, I felt like this was going to be a tie. It felt, it had that kind of feeling to it where Ike would not have been satisfied with a point, but Panathinaikos probably would have been satisfied with a point. Both teams deserving a point in this match, but you know, football's football and that doesn't always happen. You don't always get what you deserve in football. And I think that's one of the reasons why we love the sport. Um, for me, Simonski played a heck of a match. He was able to control that midfield. Uh, just a great midfield play and was able to free up Bineda to where he wasn't having to 
track back as much to defend. Um, just so many, there's just so many players played great in this match. Uh, have to give massive apologies to CD Bear. I feel like most Ike fans have to after that awful showing in uh, in Yanina, and then me getting terrified when I saw the first when I saw the starting lineup and I saw that he was in, and I was the Kala Tamasfana Putakra. Uh, and then secondly, the uh, when I saw Haji Safi go down and Rota having to get up because uh, their reports came out, the reason why Rota didn't start was because he still wasn't feeling 100%. But Sidibe, mad respect. I mean, look, footballers are human too. They're going to have bad days and just like everyone else. <laughs> the only thing is, is that when they have bad days at their job, the whole world or the whole fan base can see it. And it, yeah, it made me really uneasy. But I mean, he played just a great match, both offensively and defensively. He was able to get back. Panathinaikos was not able to get penetration through the through the wings, as as I'm sure they thought they were going to get Haji Safi for the second straight derby against Panathinaikos, shut down Palacios. I mean, Palacios... Yes, in the second game, I think, in the first game, I think he was the one that originally had won the penalty or had missed uh, a wide-open opportunity where he was one-on-one on, one on one with the keeper. But that was also after Haji Safi had been subbed off, I want to say, for Mohammadi. Um, Haji Safi... Shut him down. Yes, you sometimes you don't get the offensive things you want out of Haji Safi, but he just shows you what the what a massive professional he is. My personal opinion on the guy, and I know sometimes like he, like all this is why I call this podcast the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast because football drives you crazy, man. Okay, today I might be praising these players because of the result. But next week, you know, if they don't play as well, I'm going to be like, he's crap. We need to freaking uh, trade him and get rid of him. I think Haji Safi would be, he's rumored on leaving at the end of the season or they're not going to renew his contract. For me, I would renew him because I feel like you could play him in so many different spots, especially right now when we don't have anything at left back. Uh, that you, We really have to keep our fingers crossed that he doesn't get injured, even though C.D. Bell, like I've said before on the podcast, and how it's come out in the in the media and stuff, uh, that he could play both sides, both right and left back. But of course, you wouldn't want the guy to play out of his natural position. Um, this was a great way for the team to bounce back. I mean, uh, you know, again, let me let me hit on Simonski a little more. We saw how badly Simonski was missing in the in the Yanina game. Not to say that. Jonsson didn't play well, but Jonsson plays a little bit more of a hold-the-ball midfielder, a little bit more better on attack, where Simonski is just a beast at holding that defensive midfield spot. Um, and we saw how bad that was missing from Mike uh, the other day, where you didn't have a player like that. It felt like... Uh, the Yanana players were just countering and going shredding that Ike midfield. Um, so it really shows you what a key Simonski is to this team. And, you know, mad props because this team could have laid down. This team could have uh, just 
that Yanana match could have taken the wind out of their sails per se. Uh, it's still unfathomable to me, guys. I don't know if how everyone else feels that it's crazy to see the type of season that Ike have had and the results that Ike have had. And to know that we're only three points ahead of uh, Olympiacos and Pauk, which I'll touch a little bit on those teams later as I see them uh, coming up. Or as I see the, the season, you know, uh, this did be really put... Um, as the season keeps going, is what I'm trying to say. Um, this derby really put, uh, to put it in Greek terms, it really put uh, lit the league on fire because, like I said before, if Panathinaikos had gone and won this match and had gone up 10 points from each one of their competitors, the teams that are chasing them, it's a big dif- it's a big difference to try to make up, you know, um, even though now I feel like it's anyone's game, honestly. Uh, it's not four points, obviously, from us. It's not that big of a difference. And then there are only uh, uh, seven points back for Pauk and Olympiacos. is not that big either, especially when you take into consideration the playoffs. That's something we have to always keep in mind, that teams are going to beat up on each other on, on the playoffs when they come around. Um Again, I, I do think the team eventually, I don't want to get into transfer talks, but need to really look at the upgrading in, in the left-back position. Uh, but this was a great bounce-back performance. Pineda, doing Pineda things, as I've always said. I mean, I saw the I saw the play, and I said to myself, okay, he's going to cross the ball now. Let's get a good cross in there. Hopefully someone can get it the end of the cross. And before I knew it, the ball was in the back of the net. My friend was like, oh, he biki bala. And I'm like pulling my hair like in excitement and jumping up and down when that happened. Um, you know, and it was going to take something special to, to I have to give credit where credit's due. And I always try to do this, you know, even though this is a very Ike-centric podcast, like I said, I like to try to be fair as, as best as I can to the other clubs and the other teams. And I give Panathinaikos uh great credit they've built a solid defense i think unfortunately for them this whole issue with not being able to score is uh really really going to hurt them and it's going to hurt them down the stretch and losing aitor i mean honestly and this is me just being honest i feel like uh, they may have kept on rolling if he if aitor kept on rolling but now they just can't find anyone to put the ball in the back of the net they did have that great chance and I have to give Anastasiadis props for, uh, you know, that uh, Bernard, where he did that triple and got past two of our players. And I saw that, and I started pulling my hair in the opposite uh, way. I said to myself, I'm like, okay, I've I'm like, that's going in the back of the net. I didn't think he was going to miss it, but uh, what a great reaction time. What a great, uh, what just a great block, that um, great save that uh, Anastasiadis had there uh, really he's a he's in top form and you can see why it's hard for even a goalkeeper as um, talented as Stankovic right now to to break into um get a start on this team um of course tomorrow which will be Wednesday I think we have the match against uh the cup match against Kifishan which I think he'll give a lot of starters a break considering we won the first leg uh 2-0 um now I want to talk about 
the Brignoli situation, which really, and I think everyone that watched it on TV, maybe people that were at the stadium, it scared me at first because I said, holy crap, I said to myself, here we go again. I saw what had happened and I'm like, okay, this guy's going to try to milk it and this is going to be, they're going to try to play a la Gavrico style, meaning we all know. We all know what uh, uh, Ivic did years ago against Panathinaikos. We know what uh, Olympiacos' old manager Garcia did. I mean, sometimes this is the way recently, they've this wussified way of trying to win matches in the Greek Super League. And I thought that's what was going on. And I was like, oh, no. I mean, the thing, uh, yes, I'm not saying that it should have belonged in the stadium, but it went off like, what would you say, about... 10 to 20 feet away from him. So I was like, okay, this is complete bull BS. I thought to myself, I was like, okay, if both during the match when this was going on and after I was like, okay, I couldn't help but think if these teams were wearing, if Panathinaikos happened to be wearing black and white jerseys or red and white jerseys, with, would Brignoli have gotten up? I don't know. I'm not speculating, but I'm just saying, but I have to give credit where credit's due. He came out and said it just scared him. Uh, he didn't, you know, um, a lot of Panathinaikos reporters, fans, I don't want to get into the discussion, had a lot to say where Ike didn't play uh, fair play. Oh, gosh, okay. Vasily says up. Sorry, guys, I'm paying attention to the basketball score. We're up four with uh, less than two minutes left. Um so a lot came out in the media about Ike not playing fair play, that they should have played the ball back. But then, you know, Panathinaikos, the players, the manager, everyone came out and said, from the team itself came out and said, we should have been more awake. We should have been more alert. That was just stupid for us to give Ike players all that space. And someone asked Brignoli if, you know, what had happened had kind of had him shook or he just wasn't ready to go. And he's like, no, absolutely not. That had nothing to do with how I reacted at the, the moment of the goal. Um, and of course, he had a great save, which I thought was going to come back to haunt us if Panathinaikos scored at the end of the game at the penalty that uh, uh, Fernandez had won. And... Um, Levy Garcia stepped up to the strike and missed it. And, you know, we, as Ike fans, because, you know, our, <clears throat> the wind was kind of out of our sails because we were like, okay, Panathinaikos is going to tie this thing now. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I just had kind of that feeling that I'm like, oh crap, we're going to pay for this right now. Um, <clears throat> coming to that question, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe you could tweet at me or ask me on Instagram or Facebook how you feel about this. Um, for me, and look, I'm not trying to criticize Almeida. I wouldn't try to criticize any manager because they know, they, they've forgotten more about football than I'll ever know as a fan. But I don't care how good a manager is doing. I think we should always question things. We should always um, ask questions and wonder, you know, I'm, for me personally, I thought maybe around the 70th minute or so, uh, when the game was still, I think, nil-nil at that time. I forget what time Pineda scored the goal. Uh, but I remember looking around probably the 65th minute. I know it was after that because I looked at the clock at around the 62nd, the 65th minute. 
and I thought to myself, I was like, okay, um, when is the time to put Van Wert in? Because how is this guy having this crazy form where he just knows how to be? He's, it's carrying over from last season where he was the first top scorer in, in the Greek Super League, and he can't get any playing time. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy into Levy Garcia, okay? He's a good kid. Yes, he's missed incredible chances. He missed a penalty Sunday. Um, you know, all these reporters and these talking heads that I'm listening to in Greece are saying, no, no, like, be patient. He's going to find the back of the net. He's going to find his stride as a striker. But at what point do you say, okay, even in the, the game against Yana, I think Van Witt should have, if not started, as soon as we saw that Ike were struggling, uh, put him in, you know? Especially someone that has that um, that's on fire right now. That has that uh, just can can put the ball in the back of the net. I don't know what you guys think. Let me know. That's just my feeling about it. Um, then to talk about Amrabat. Amrabat plays with an intensity, a passion. Yes, once again, this poor guy. His style of play, <laughs> I feel like it does not sit well with the way that Ike play. Uh, right now, especially up front, he holds the ball too much. Um, for me, some of the stuff that he does, I feel like he's one of those players that should come into the match at the end. At the end, right? Someone that's going to hold the ball, someone that's going to come in and is kind of kind of going to be that pit bull type player where he's just going to run in and and give you a hundred and thirty percent, which is something that we love. I know a lot of people said on TV, people were cursing at him, people didn't like the way he was playing offensively, but defensively and holding the midfield and, and giving CDB C- help uh, <clears throat> to not put all that pressure on, on CDB from that other side where uh, I forget the name of the Panathinaikos player that plays that uh, wing and back position. Um, he really, really helped out. Uh, you know, another big thing to be concerned here is with everything that happened before and during the match, if we're going to see any type of uh, crowd bans, which is, that would be really sad, especially as much as season tickets cost or costing people this year with this stadium. Don't get me wrong. I feel like people have in, in some ways gotten their money's worth. Um, and I'm glad they got their money's worth because I said this at the beginning of the podcast, at the beginning of the season, if people were not getting their money's worth, let me tell you, Milisanidi, uh, the whole Nea Philadelphia would be hearing it. Everybody from the from the front office would be hearing it from Mike fans if, if they did not put uh, a product out there that's worthy of, of the cost that it, that it costs. For me, this cost is still too high. Don't get me wrong. I'm with, you know, football, football's for the people. It's, it always has been for the people. It's for the people. It's not just for the rich and famous. It's not just for people that have money. Football is for the people and you can't take that away. Um, he, but I'm going to, sorry, I went a little sidetracked there. But Amrabat plays with a passion and intensity. I, I just love watching players like this play, even though he he frustrates me so bad from an offensive perspective. And the the way he holds his ball, the ball, his style of play, it's it's frustrating to watch at times. But you can't say that this guy is just, I don't know. He I feel like he played a, a great game. Um so uh yeah, I mean it it's just it it 
brought me back in. I have to totally admit to you guys right now, before this match, I wasn't optimistic at all. I was more pessimistic, meaning that I thought, this is it. Our our title hopes were going to go from, I wouldn't say even 50%, from like 25 to 35% down to like less than 5% if we lose this Deadby. And I thought with the way the team played in Yanana, and let's not forget, uh, one thing that's really, I, I, I try to keep in the back of my mind, and I feel like all Ike fans should try to keep in the back of their minds, is that we have so many players that are out. I mean, this team is only going to get better, hopefully, fingers crossed, when these players, got them stuff from us, when these players come back from injury, like Gatsinovic, Eliasson, um, you know, they'll be able to help out this this team massively. Uh, so we have to keep that in mind. Um, Rota, even, when he comes back, we really have to keep that in mind, you know, because that, that's going to make a, a change. That's going to change things down the stretch. Um, Fernandez, even though he's played a few games, he still hasn't like been been in the team a lot um, since the restart. I mean, he's only been able to play since the Yanana match, so maybe he'll get some opportunities tomorrow. I mean, who knows? Let's see. But this is a big win that just changes things. Just brought the league upside down. Puts pressure on Panathinaikos. Um, and just a great result. And to, to get another Derby win. You know, we went freaking years without getting Derby wins. Without beating certain teams and having a hard time beating certain teams. And really, this is what I talked about early in the season when I said I didn't want the culture of Ike to change, the mentality of Ike fans, uh, Ike fans and organization as a whole, right? I talked about that at the beginning of this podcast series when I started it, that that was my fear, that if this trend we had the last few years had continued, because it, it does start to affect you kind of mentally, because I honestly, uh, you know, and, and, and I hate to, to be that person that's going to say this, but I feel like if this game was played in Aka, there's no way Ike win this game. The stadium changes everything for Ike. Not just the stadium, but the way Almeida has changed the culture, right? And we have to change our mentalities with it. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, the season's over. Because we're going to blow it against Panathinaikos. And it, it, it slowly but surely, Almeida's having you like change that mentality. And, and, it, and it even happened in the reverse, Against the game in Yanana, like I said in the last week's podcast, right after that match, that I truly felt that when we got that early goal in the beginning of the second half, that we were going to turn the game around. We would have scored two more goals and won that game three to two. That was my feeling. That was my, my true gut feeling. It sucked when it didn't happen, but at least this team gives you that hope that that can happen. As opposed to, you know, last year where every single time a team would counter on you, you thought the other team was going to score. Or it just made you sick to your stomach to watch this team. To where you kind of almost, uh, you know, I would never bail, especially on the on the football club. I, I love Ike. I love watching the team play. Um, where it almost made you, like, feel like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't want to, like, my, my eyes are hurting, my heart is hurting, my, my head is hurting from watching this team. My nevra are just freaking, 
I want to go pick up a cigarro again. Uh, that's how pissed off it was making you. Um, but that has to change, you know. That we see that the um, this is the the real work that I think Almeida changing the culture of this team, making these players a team, uh, is really just starting to shine forth. And because let me tell you guys something: as bad as I don't want to say that we're gonna not lose another game, we're gonna lose other matches this season, especially when it gets into the playoffs. I think all these teams are gonna start beating up on each other. It's going to be a tremendous finish to the season. Um, what we have to do between now and then is make the gap as wide as possible coming up to that moment of playing uh, in the playoffs um, and catching Panathinaikos, catching Panathinaikos up to as much as we... making that difference as uh, small as we can up until the playoffs and maybe surpassing Panathinaikos, you know, they're not, they're really feeling the pressure right now. And this was, like I said, I hate to be reiterating this because I feel like I've said it the entire podcast, but this was a massive win for the league. Not just like the, it, it's, it's going to be very exciting and very interesting to see what's going to happen in the rest of the, the season. Let me touch real briefly on um, the other teams and how I see them. Uh, Bauk, and Olympiacos are both improving. But this is just my opinion. I think they are improving, especially Olympiacos and Pauk to a certain extent. But I also feel that they haven't played very well, very good teams over the course of the last few weeks. Now, let's move forward. I'm going to do a little preview pod. A little preview, I should say, of... The game's coming up uh, next weekend, right? So let me do the other teams first, and then I'll get to Aikpanatolikos. Olympiacos play Adi. I think that that's a big match. Even though Adi have kind of been Jekyll and Hyde, kind of not been uh, really, um, uh, you know, they've just been up and down all season. This is going to be a big test for Olympiacos to see, okay, where's that measure at? Because, yes, you've had... You've been, done a great job against Volos, against I think they played, not La Mia, they played another team before that, where they, where they, 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 they've been smashing teams left and right. But okay, can you do this against a, a semi-decent quality opponent, right, in, in, in Aris? Um, and especially with that back line, because I still think Olympiacos is great up front. But like I've said before, you can have a Corvette in the front, but then when you have a Landa... Or a freaking Fiat in the back. What good is that going to do you? You're going to have to outscore every team, you know, 4-3. Especially when you get into these games with these teams that can really do some damage and really hurt you at the back. Um, another interesting match. Bas and Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos has to go up to Yanana where we firsthand have seen how good and scrappy this Yanana team. They're showing shades of the good team that they were last year the good team that they were, you know, I'd hate to say the word, but under Yaniki before that. And I mean, they've gotten results lately. They've gotten, they've gotten four points out of, you know, they got three points out of Ike and then Olympiacos went up there and was up two nil and almost lost the match, you know? So this is a scrappy uh, on that team. And on top of that, you know, they just lost a, a, a massive deadbeat. They've lost their kind of um, cushion that they've had over the past few weeks, that cushion went from seven points down to four now. And not only that, but you know there are two other teams that are 
highly talented and, uh, you know, your arch rival who no one wants to see win the championship when you back us again, um, that are just a few more points behind that. So let's see how this young Panathinaikos team is going to be able to handle this. Uh, very interesting matchup. And then you have Pauk and Ofi. Ofi, who had a great showing against Panathinaikos on Monday, beating them 4-0. They've been finding their form. Uh, so some very interesting matches. Then Ike Panathinaikos, we're playing Panathinaikos, of course. Let's see how that comes off, too. Let's see how we're going to handle that. Let's see what happens. I really don't think there's going to be enough time for there to be a, what do you call it, like a like a court case or whatever, the Castillo, how do you say it in English, uh, or a ruling to what um, Ike's punishment's going to be for all these little episodes that happened in the match because I feel like some people are blowing them way out of proportion, uh, of course, in the Greek media. And then you have the story that broke... The other day, um, side note, of uh, the captain of Volos being offered 40,000 euros uh, by his agent to get a red card in the match. <sighs> All right, let me tell you guys my piece on that fairly quickly. Like anything else, that's going to be s- swept under the rug, unfortunately, in Greek football. He's going to come out in a few days. He'll make another statement about how oh, like I I misspoke or something like that, or they didn't translate it right because I was speaking Spanish or something. Who knows? You know, it's going to come out like that. But, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be enough time to wear. uh, But then again, we don't know um, to where they're going to send down a punishment to Ike. I mean, I definitely think we're at least going to face maybe two, three home matches without fans, which is really sad. Again, again, that's my opinion. I don't know. I haven't read into exactly the statement of the rules or I haven't followed it the past few days. Um, this information will come out. I'll pass it along on, on Twitter as soon as I find something out, as soon as something comes out. I think we're going to have our fans. Um, Panatolikos, even though they've been lacking great form lately, they're still a, a little dangerous team. Um, but I really think we should get three points. But in all the other matches, the, the competitors, I feel like, are going to have their hands full. And this is where we're really going to see what these teams are made of. And then the following weekend, we have uh, Balk coming down to Athena and playing Panathinaikos in Lofotos. So a lot of interesting things are going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a completely different team leading the, the championship at the top of the table going into the playoffs, whether that be Ike, whether that be, you know, I mean, people are are really starting to talk about and really starting to like the football that Balk are playing and people are really starting to like the football that Olympiacos are playing. But let's see what happens, you know. Um, Vasilisa just won, so we're on to the next round of the BCL. Some good news there after the freaking 40-point loss we had to Olympiacos in basketball. Jesus Christ, I could not believe that. And I mean... I could not believe when I got the alert that we lost that bad because, you know, I was keeping up with the score because, of course, it was going on during the the football match. And I think at halftime we were down by like five. So I don't know what happened. Um, You know, again, I don't want to get into this whole conversation of... um, I don't want to get into this whole conversation of... uh, 
what I think about the Euro League. You guys already know how it's watered down and destroyed the domestic basketball game in, in Europe. I'm not going to, you know, I've said my piece on that plenty of times. Um, but I think that's it, guys. I really don't have any other notes or anything else to discuss. Just a massive, massive win, a re-energizing win, a win that I feel like um, something that we needed is like, something that, like I said, that the, the championship, the league needed as a whole for this to happen. Uh, let me, I touched on it briefly, but let me um, go into my thoughts on the goal, the way the the ball uh, was played in. By letter of the law, it's completely legal. Even by the time reporters have come out and said it's perfectly legal. I honestly had never seen that done before I always thought you played the ball out or you played the ball back um but I mean as long as it was a legal play and just like Panathinaikos players said we we were sleeping on the job basically like we should have been more alert should have been more prepared for that to happen um that, that you, you know that's not our fault you can cry fair play all you want and it's not like okay Brignoli was on the ground but he was just a little shook a little scared and Again, mad props to him, mad respect to him for coming out and saying that, no, that didn't affect me as far as my play on the on the very next play where Ike were able to score. Um, just a smart heads-up play by the Ike players, honestly. I mean, I, did I feel like I was going to get called back in, in some ways? Yes, um, I, I did have that feeling. Uh, but thank God it wasn't. We were able to get that the victory, the three points, and a massive, massive Probably, I would say, the biggest Ike Panathinaikos derby. I probably said this in the first round, but this was much bigger here in the second round in a while. Um, uh, it was nice to see all the players, as it should be, man. Listen, for 90 minutes, I think in any football match, we can be enemies. We can, you know, do whatever chanting we want, say whatever we want. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings, guys. And I think that gets lost, especially in, in European sports and w with the violence, especially in, in, in Greece and in other countries, uh, the football violence and crowd violence um, that gets uh, brought up. Um, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We all have friends that are from different football clubs, that support different football clubs. We all have family members. My own brother's a Panathinaikos fan, for God's sakes. We were sitting there talking about the match last night uh, as I was visiting him. So, um, you know, it was nice to see all the players hugging. It was nice to see Levy Garcia going up to Brignoli and telling him how what a great job he did at blocking his penalty. Uh, you know, I know there's some people that kind of hits a nerve, but... Listen, guys, we're, we're human beings, man. At the end of the day, like, you know, we love our clubs. We're passionate about it. Um, but let me not keep you guys any much longer. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all you guys reaching out there to me. Sorry that it took me a little while to get this episode out there. Um, just had been a little busier these last few days than had been expected. But I'll respond to Forza. I got to... Let's get this uh, midweek win in the cup. <clears throat> Move on to the next round. Vasilis had just won in basketball, like I said. And onward and forward with Aniki and uh, 
at, at home against Panathinaikos, and I'll keep you guys updated on what's going on with, um, you know, crowd bands and whatnot, and what the Apple clowns are going to say, and whatever's going on. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later.